grace and peace of Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church. We're so glad that you're here to worship the Lord with us this morning. And whether you are a regular or whether that you are a visitor, we'd love to have you fill out the friendship pad. It's by the center of each pew near the center aisle. We'd love to have you take it and fill it out and pass it down. Let us know that you're here with us today worshiping God. There's a connections that's inside of your bulletin. And you'll see that at the 10 o'clock hour this morning, we, have, we, are, we will be showing in the parlor the award-winning film, Alive Inside. It is a film about the power of music to reach us sometimes when nothing else does. Um, Beth shared with me, you watched it yesterday, yes? She shared with me a story about how she experienced that with her brother when he, a number of years ago when he was dying and no longer could speak. And yet when they put on music, he could mouth the words to the music. And this is about the way music can be healing and can reach us even beyond when you think that nobody can, uh, the person can't be reached. So it's powerful and fun. It sounds like it might not be fun, but I hear it's really fun, toe-tapping, great thing. It's a little more than an hour, so we're going to start right at 10 o'clock in the parlor. This evening at 6 o'clock, if you signed up for the AWE at-home hospitality hour, it is at Terry and Bill Shubin's house. She's going to be at the cart today, and you might, if you don't know the address, since it's not here, you can check with her or you can look on our website, and the address is there. If you didn't sign up for tonight, you can check with her and see if there is still any, any space. We have about 40 people signed up, I believe. And you are going to be bringing a heavy appetizer and a beverage of your choice, and that's the menu, so it'd be good if you bring something. Um, we have a new members class, a pathway to membership, in two weeks on Sunday morning, July 12th. Jerry and I will be leading that class at 10 o'clock. If you're interested in becoming a member of our church or just finding out more about our church, that's a great opportunity to do that. Also, you'll notice inside that we have summer choir beginning next Sunday morning. If you come at 8 o'clock, you will learn the song that the choir is singing, and you will sound wonderful by 8.30. I do it sometimes, and it's kind of amazing what can happen in that half hour. Even you can sound good. So it will heal you. It will heal your voice. You better come. Um, also, Vacation Bible School is in a few weeks, and they are still asking for donations and also for volunteers. And you can see that here. They'll be out on the patio. Um, our book for our fall book talk is available on the patio today. It is all the light we cannot see. And you can get that at the cart if you would like to do that. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Lord, we have come into your house to sing your praises, to sing the great music of the church that is deeply embedded in our souls, that is healing for us. We have come into your house to listen to your word, which is a light upon our path, and the very source of the inspiration through the Holy Spirit that transforms our lives. As we worship you this morning, may you be glorified as we listen, as we sing, as we come to your table. Be present with us, living Christ. We ask in your name. Amen. Please join me for our call to worship. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart 
in the company of the upright, in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has gained renown by his wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. His praise endures forever. Let us stand and worship. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, for a thousand languages to sing, my great Redeemer's praise. Let's sing together, church. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise. The Let's sing that together. 
Join me in the responsive call to confession. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness, born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish for where, where there, there is envy and, and selfish ambition there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind but the wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable gentle willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Therefore, let us do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than ourselves. Let us look not to our own interests, but to the interests of others. And so let us come before the Lord in silence and tell him the truth about ourselves. For we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please stand for the declaration of forgiveness and remain standing? For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God he is the source of our life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, we are forgiven. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. I, invite you to, I invite you to stay standing because the choir will be singing and then we will be joining in the refrain. So you're all ready to sing.
different readings this morning, one from the end of Matthew chapter 11, the words of Jesus and his prayer. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And from Romans <clears throat> chapter 12. Verse 16, Paul's admonition to the church, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul's word to the church in every time and place. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will dwarf. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters, not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. 
God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not to reduce to nothing, things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption in order that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to talk about the church this morning. Church as we first came to know it through in the first century in the letters of Paul in the book of Acts. A church that was a gathering of a motley group of people. And a long way from being perfect. In Corinth and in Rome and other places around the empire, when the church gathered to worship on the Lord's Day and the people were in the pews, whatever those pews looked like, they were a combination of Jews and Gentiles who couldn't even eat the same food. Now, that's enough to cause conflict in any Presbyterian congregation, I can tell you. They shared different worldviews. Someone asked, what has Jerusalem to do with Athens? Different cultures, different worldviews, different people, different laws. And yet a people, Jew and Gentiles, who had come to believe that out of Israel the Savior and the Lord of the world had come. And they had come to believe, to confess their faith. But it was this very issue, the relationship between Jews and Gentiles that caused so much conflict in the early church. There were slaves and they were, there were freedmen. There were slave markets in every commercial center in the Greco-Roman world where human persons were bought and sold as property. And can you imagine on a Sunday morning being gathered to worship with brothers and sisters, some slaves, others free. What potential for conflict there was. There were males and there were females. And in that first century culture, women had no, no standing. They belonged to their husbands. They were property. And yet... In the preaching of the gospel, many women had heard the good news, had heard about the example of Jesus who lifted women, who respected women, who welcomed women to follow him. And all of this, you know, barbarians and civilized, educated and uneducated people joining together entering into the liturgy can you imagine there was great potential for conflict there were different theological worldviews not everyone was on the same page 
about half the congregation did not believe that Jesus was raised from the dead in Corinth bodily. There were saints and sinners. In fact, all of them were a mixture at the same time of being saints and sinners. Talk about the potential for conflict. All the great issues that we still struggle with in this very imperfect church and nation in which we live, as we have been reminded this week. And in the midst of this imperfect congregation, the cross of Jesus was lifted up as the message, as the place where Almighty God, the God of Israel, had acted to reconcile people to himself. Yes, the imperfect ones, the sinners, the saints, everyone reconciled through the blood of Christ at the cross where God made peace and began to incorporate us all into one new humanity. You realize how revolutionary that message was? It didn't matter what tribe you came from, what culture you were, what the color of your skin, what the sins that you were still struggling with. All that was announced at the cross was the love of God, the grace of God, God's amazing grace that had acted in history to begin to bring us together. And so Paul, in the scriptures we've read this morning and in the, the word from Matthew, reminds us of who Jesus was the very Son of God, incarnate, who came to issue an invitation to all people. Come unto me, all of you who are carrying heavy burdens and are weary. Take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my burden, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The very incarnate God who's come to us in Jesus Christ is the one who emptied himself of the prerogatives of deity, took upon himself the form of a slave, and became obedient all the way to the cross so that we have discovered that in the humility of God that comes to us in the midst of the brokenness of the human condition, and the sin and all those great virtues that we enjoy. In that act, God became totally identified with the human condition for the sake of bearing our burdens, of putting his arms around us, 
of loving us and incorporating us in this very motley group of people. Thanks be to God. And so he could say to the Roman church, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Understand that the wisdom of God is the wisdom that became incarnate in such humility and gentleness that it had the power to heal, to make whole, and to reconcile us to one another. Consider your own calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to human standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth, but God has chosen the weak and the lowly and the broken in order to reveal who God is and to do the mission of God in the world. This is who we are, brothers and sisters, this morning. God's imperfect, humble, broken people who live by the grace of God. Is there a hallelujah to that? Dear God, we need help. All the great issues that have plagued the church for 2,000 years and before are still on the plate before us in 2015. And I suspect we'll continue to argue about sex and, and about race Just think, in my years of adult ministry, it has been race and sex that has tormented the church and has caused many to leave us because we tried to stand for the gospel. We're reminded of that this week at the funeral service this week for the pastor down in Charleston the address of the President of the United States, whose address was more like the words of a preacher than a president. And she had the audacity, and I won't claim that this morning, to sing (laughs) Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Saved us all. Remember, it wasn't too long ago in my adult years in the 1960s that the elders of Second Presbyterian Church in Memphis, when they were confronted with a group of black college students arriving at the front door of their church, stood there to guard the church and sent them back to their segregated church. And we know what that history is all about. We've been reminded of it vividly this past week. And now with the Supreme Court decision about same-gender marriage, it's, it's much the same thing. The sides are gathering. Some are advocating we need to remove the Supreme Court. 
and change the Constitution or withdraw from anyone who has a different opinion than I might have on this. And Brothers and sisters, we need to be reminded of who we are, that we are a people broken, imperfect, every last one of us who lives by the grace of God. And if we don't rediscover that in the church and in the larger culture, we're going to explode in warfare. thought of this yesterday at the memorial service for David Huntley here. Church was filled. He recently, they've come over from the Irvine Presbyterian Church that's caught up in the restlessness it was really an Irvine service yesterday, and yet they have come to identify with our church. And Somebody told me that there are people out there in the congregation, Jerry, who hate you. That's a great way to begin <laughs> a memorial service. Just because... I want to live in harmony with the brothers and sisters even in our differences and remain together. And I know that there is no escape for the church. I don't care what you call the church, whatever denomination it may be a part, there's no escape from dealing with issues of race and sex, and there will not ever be. And after all, I see the church, and I think Paul saw the church as a place for our dealing with all that is broken within us. And it was so powerful yesterday to hear Heidi Huntley, the daughter of David, talk about her love for her father and at the same time the imperfections of her father and the brokenness of their family. And she shared an image that I think is so relevant for us this morning she said her favorite place on the beach from Newport Beach all the way down to San Clemente is a place south of us where the railroad track runs along beside the beach. And she said that part of the railroad is supported and its foundation is made up out of broken concrete pieces. And it is that broken support and, and foundation that supports the weight of the train as it goes by. And I thought to myself, that's what we're celebrating this morning. We come to the table of our Lord where the bread is broken. And the cup is filled with, with the wine, with, in our case, the grape juice. But it symbolizes the same thing, the broken body and the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And He is the one who imparts His spirit of humility to, to us. And how radical that is in an age that David Brooks calls the big me generation. that lives by that philosophy expressed by Eugene Peterson in, in the message. Don't be stuck up. Make friends of nobody. Make friends 
Make friends with, with those who who need friends. Don't try to be a Mr. Somebody. The Mr. Somebodies are killing us all. And in the church, we worship one who became nobody for us, for the sake of saving us, of pouring out his lifeblood for us, And so we come to his table this morning with praise and thanksgiving that we can come together and put our arms around each other because he first put his arms around us to save us. Please join me in our affirmation of faith. Words from, stand with me if you would please. Words from Romans 12 and from Philippians 2. I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. May the same mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thanks be to God and hallelujah. May be seated as we receive the morning offering.
Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, for your immeasurable love and the redemption of your people by our Lord Jesus Christ. For the means of grace and for the hope of glory. May you give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives. By giving ourselves to your service, by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Take now these gifts and multiply them to bless your church and your people for the sake of Jesus Christ, whose name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This is the table of our Lord. The Apostle Paul says about Jesus that God has made him our wisdom, our sanctification, our justification, our redemption, our righteousness. Our life is in him. And the one who humbled himself and allowed his life to be broken so that we might be healed. By his wounds, we have been healed. And so that is why people from all generations have come from east and west and north and south and sit at table together with the promise that more will come from all the nations as we proclaim and live the good news of the gospel, that God is light, that the very heart of God is is the gentle, compassionate, gracious God of mercy who will not let us go. Let us give thanks to God. Gracious God, it is with hearts full of praise that we come to this table, which you in your generosity spread before us. As if it were not enough to make the world beautiful and intricate, you gave the kiss of life to the dust of the earth. You made us in your image, so we bless you for the gifts of creation. As if it were not enough to care for the world at a distance, you sent your son to share our human condition, to live and walk beside us, to become a nobody. By his dying and rising, he releases us from the bondage to sin he frees us from the dominion of death. So we bless you for your love for us in Jesus Christ. As if it were not enough to be looked at and listened to, you invited us to feast at your very table. When we rejected your invitation, you did not reject us. You loved us still and called us to turn again to you in obedience and love. Remembering all your mighty and merciful acts, we take this bread and cup and celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus Christ. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be for us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, as a living and holy offering of ourselves, that our lives may proclaim the one crucified, 
and risen. And so we pray together as you have taught us, saying, Our Father, Father who art, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body given for you. Eat of this in remembrance of me. In like manner, Jesus took the cup, said, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood. As often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And until he comes, we live by the wisdom of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Would our elders please come? The ushers will bring you a row at a time. We invite you to take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and commune, and return prayerfully to your seat until we have all been served. Let us worship God.
church, so let's stand and sing together. Now, if this doesn't get you dancing, someday we're going to see the king face to face. There'll be no more crying there, church. And there'll be no more dying. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more enemies. There'll be no more anger. There'll be no more crying there. Amen? Oh, can't wait. Say it. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the coast to west coast, from north to south, whatever the label on our building, we are the people of God, redeemed through the blood of Christ, reconciled, made one in the wisdom of God, revealed in Jesus Christ. Keep the celebration going. Our world needs some joy this morning. Go forth in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.